Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macmasunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of STL. Jameson and I have finally recorded something together. I'm so excited and I can't wait for you guys to hear this. So uh, let me address just a couple of things before this episode gets started. So uh, first things first, this is my favorite time of year. And it's the annual STL Oktoberfest. Unfortunately, we did not have an STL Oktoberfest. We got one episode and then I blew it and the month is almost over. It's currently October 25th and this really, really sucks. So let me kind of give you guys a background of what's going on. First off, I want to apologize. I let you guys down. It really sucks, but... This is a situation where life gets in the way. So my wife got very, very sick. Uh, It's going on six weeks now. She finally uh, went back to the doctor. Uh, She's had this crazy cough going on for, like I said, six weeks. She's been sick. Anyway, she came down with bronchitis. And uh, the bronchitis, been in the house. My kid's been sick. I've been struggling. Uh, it, every time I think I have an available time to do something, then I, for example, rented Stephen King's It, finally got my hands on it, and then the freaking disc was all scratched up and they only had one copy and it really sucks. And then, of course, Walmart wasn't selling any. So, really, it feels like a disaster for an STL Oktoberfest, but I guess the best is saved for last because I was able to record with Jameson before crap really hit the fan. And it was pretty awesome. So even though I didn't get to do the additional three episodes I wanted to do, I do want to promise you guys that John Carpenter's The Thing and Stephen King's It, I am going to record. I think I'm going to wait till January since January is kind of... When horror movies come out anyways, because we got uh, Underworld coming out, we got the Resident Evil movies coming out, but, you know, next month is dedicated to Robocop and the Burbs. Been wanting to do those for a while. They got pushed back to that month, so, and I definitely don't want to do any horror movies in December. So, I apologize. I didn't get a chance to do them in October. Please forgive me, but you guys are the best. You understand life gets in the way, so I definitely don't want to dismiss those movies 
because they did win the vote and I want to do as promised to you guys. So we'll just postpone it and uh, maybe next year we'll have better luck with the STL Oktoberfest. But I feel that this episode will make up for it because uh, Jameson and I have been trying to get together ever since, you know, I came back from retirement and, you know, life's been super busy for him. He's busy every freaking day, but, uh, he asked me to come on his radio show and I was like, really, that would be super fun. So we actually worked out a time for us to get together and it was going to be Halloween themed. So I figured, Hey, we should do this as soon as possible because you know, it going on the radio, because uh, normally him and his son, they record this episode. It's called It's Time for Five. They do a top five list. And, of course, his son isn't into horror movies. And Jameson and I, you know, he knows I love horror. And we wanted to do the top five horror icons. It's something that I made. He's like, come up with a category. I said, how about top five horror icons? He's like, oh, that's great. And then here's the cool thing. I'll kind of give you guys a little format. So basically, Jameson, he comes on, introduces the uh, you know introduces the show. And the cool thing is it's kind of like STL Underground Hour where we take a break and he plays a tune that's related to the topic. And then we come back and discuss and then another tune happens. So it's really cool. We got some diversity in there. We got my tunes. We got his tune. And the cool thing is, is that it's uh it's structured where we have to be done within an hour if we go over they cut us off so we literally had it perfectly timed where we were like 30 seconds below uh the cutoff time so it was perfect so i had a lot of fun with this i think you will too uh could be some surprises there for you uh it's not as obvious as you think it is but the cool thing is is james and i got together and we uh, we just kind of picked up where we left off. So there is plans now that things are going to die down that we're going to get back together and do a few more episodes. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. So I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a format. If you really like this show, you can download the app. If you have I, uh, an iPhone or Android, the app for his radio station is available. You can download it. It's pretty awesome. But, you know, this kind of supports his show. But at the same time, I asked him, hey, is it okay if I re- let, you know, release this to the STL Nation? Because no, not really a lot of people know about your radio and a lot of people aren't going to hear this episode when it airs. And he's like, yeah, that'd be totally fine. So thank you, Jameson, for allowing me to release your radio show to the nation. I think they're really going to enjoy it. So um, at the, uh, I, I guess that's about it. Um in regards to the next episode, uh, it's going to be the Burbs because, you know, we're supposed to do that last month and uh, we postponed it. So now that, uh, you know, Halloween, unfortunately, is over, uh, we're going to pick up November with the Burbs and RoboCop. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Uh, I got an email for the Burbs already. I got a music spotlight for Hurricane Andrew. He wrote in. It's dedicated to you, man. So I'd like to get some more emails on that. That would be great. But in the meantime, uh, you know, I want to apologize again for the lack of episodes this month. But, you know, life happens. You guys understand that. But I think this episode will make up for it because it was super, super fun. Uh, so again, thank you, Jameson, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So now sit back, relax, and have a good time with my boy, Jameson, very good rabbit. 
And uh, it's time for five, top five horror icons. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Have a happy, happy Halloween and my favorite time of the year. Let's roll into the episode. Thank you for listening to 103.5 The Sun, WLSPLP Sun Prairie. And now it's time for five. If I do one, baby. Thank you for joining us here on 103.5 The Sun. As I said, this show is called It's Time for Five. My name is Jameson Rabbit, and this week I'm joined by a special guest. We have the host of the Sweep the Leg podcast joining us this week. His name is Mike Masunas. Hey, Mike, how you doing? What's up? How's it going, man? <laughs> it's going very well. It's going very well. Welcome to the show. First time on. First time on, but not our first show together. I haven't talked to you since I retired from podcasting, and then, you know, it came back three months later, but that's <laughs> another story. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Mike and I, uh, I am the on-again, off-again co-host of Mike's Sweep the Leg podcast. Why don't you tell the people what Sweep the Leg is real quickly in case they want to know? That would be, uh, well, obviously it's named after the Karate Kid, mm-hmm. uh, my favorite movie of all time, and uh, I'm famous for saying this, but yes, I've seen it over 500 times. That is not a lie. And uh, it's been great. It's been going on, what, four years now? Uh, maybe four and a half. Jameson is pretty much the only co-host I've had to stay on the show. And now our life schedules are are pretty crazy. But uh, it started off as a solo show, and it's pretty much that at its foundation. But when Jameson and I come together, we talk about 80s and 90s movies to see if they still hold up today. And we have awesome conversations. Vanilla Ice brought us together, which was good <laughs> times. And uh, we're really good friends in real life, so it's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, we've done the Rocky series together. We've done some horror movies together. Um, so we have a whole lot of movies. So yeah. just look for Sweep Delay Podcast and iTunes. And then I had a four-and-a-half-hour retirement episode, uh, which was fantastic. <laughs> And then uh, I decided to come back a couple of months later and uh, got crapped on for it. Yeah, absolutely. Around here, we call that pulling a farve. And uh, you did it successfully and you're back. So uh, check out Sweep Like Podcast if you like what you hear here from Mike. Uh, So this week, sir, I have you on. We are going to be talking about our top five favorite horror movie icons. Um, Every every week we count down different top five lists and... uh, I gave you the opportunity to, to select our list for this uh, this episode, and we're talking about horror movie icons. I'm pretty excited about this. I'm kind of curious to see, even knowing you as well as I do, I'm kind of curious to see uh, who go who ends up where with you. So, yeah. And since I finalized this list about four and a half minutes ago, yep. uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited, and I think you'll have some surprises because I kind of surprised myself. Uh, the AMC Fear Fest is going on, so I've been watching a lot of horror movies. The, for me, horror movies are October is my Christmas. Halloween is my favorite holiday of the year. My favorite Christmas movie is Gremlins. So I'm very demented in the head. Uh, it's it's good times. Um, I agree and, with all those statements. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and 
I've uh, yeah, I, I love horror movies. Um, not the new ones though, torture porn, all that stuff. Yeah, I yeah. hate that crap. Only the classics. But I love uh, yeah, it. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, that yeah. we will. Let's talk about it right now. Let's start out with your number five favorite horror movie icon. All right, uh, number five would go to Jaws, um, the shark. Uh, I recently did Jaws for one of my returning episodes, and I hadn't seen Jaws. I, I always said Jaws 2 is my favorite just because it had more action, had more shark, kids and stuff. I always thought part one was kind of boring, but I revisited after 16 years and uh, found out how, uh, how incredible of a movie it was. I used to do five-star ratings, but now I do grade letters and i gave that one an a plus uh it's it's fantastic uh the shark is so iconic and it is it is so it's so embedded in your mind and shark movies ever since jaws i love shark movies in the shallows uh spoiler alert is my favorite movie of 2016 because it's it's a fan it's the second best shark movie i've ever seen in my it's a life really good movie yeah, so I uh, I absolutely love because of Jaws. It got me into sharks. It got me into science and all that good stuff. And uh, I forgot how amazing of a movie that is. And it is a horror movie. And uh, of course, it's been parodied and done over and over again. But yeah, Jaws definitely would be the Jaws shark uh, would be number five for me. Excellent choice. Excellent. Um, my number five is uh, is a guy who who came along when I was a kid really creeped me out um and as i've grown older i'm not so much creeped out by him but i re i have a lot of fun with this character and that is pennywise the clown from the stephen king uh book and uh television miniseries it uh we're getting a new uh theatrical version of it coming soon and uh right now you know in in the world uh, the creepy clowns are a thing for mm -hmm. whatever reason i, I don't quite understand why it's such a huge uproar but pennywise the clown is legitimately creepy played by tim curry um i love this i i, I really enjoy clowns and i think i i almost enjoy it because so many people are freaked out by clowns yeah <laughs> and pennywise uh has the great dichotomy between the sweet light-hearted clown hey kid why don't you come on over here and then the horrifying terrifying look that uh that he gets i i really enjoyed i think you know he it's an iconic look uh of pennywise and um has inspired me i can't think my my fear and love of uh of this clown has inspired me to you know dress up as that creepy clown for halloween several years and this year i'm a little worried about if i put on my creepy clown costume what might happen to me i don't want to get hit with a baseball bat walking the streets yeah, I would change your costume this year. <laughs> yeah, it's it it doesn't seem so much fun this year when there's vigilantes going after clowns. But right, exactly. Uh, but I think that especially within the within the book, within the movies of it, um, that he is portrayed so well. And I mean, is is the living nightmare for a group of kids, and uh, it, it works for me. There's an iconic look to him that I really enjoy. So. Pennywise, my number five. And you and that's nice. Uh, it's a great choice. You and I always did a series together called Classic Movies. Masunas hasn't seen. Yes, uh, always fun. We did Indiana Jones series, yep. which was super fun. But uh, this is a movie I have never seen, and it is on my list. I was supposed to watch it uh, for this week's review. 
I still haven't watched it yet, but I know of him. I, I know the look. I know everything. So I'm excited to actually see it for the first time and uh, see if it creeps me out. I like that a lot. All right, let's let's uh, let's take this time to go to our first musical break. And uh, doing so, I'm going to play a song. Uh, you, actually, uh, a song that you suggested that we play. Um, the first song I'm going to play is from the guy that you mentioned just a few moments ago, <laughs> uh, Vanilla Ice, the man who brought us together. Yeah. Uh, there's a story there. But uh, a song by Vanilla Ice called, it's not Ice Ice Baby, it is called Born on Halloween. It's a fun song and it kind of name drops just about everybody you could think of in the horror world. Um, so let's uh, let's take a listen to Vanilla Ice sing about Born on Halloween right here on 103.5. the calendar in texas a hell raises born like the chainsaw massacre hills have eyes in texas kids stories about what next he did doctor slapped him on his ass his head spun round like exorcist fat enough for quarantine mess with him you're gonna scream they said he had the shining he saw red from an evergreen omen since he was a teen freddy krueger on the scene slicing up mcs spitting out lyrical guillotine some call him psycho the norman baits of hip-hop ladies call him alfred because they're all over his hitchcock the haters are like oh shh, they follow him with cams they speak but then he shut them up like silence of the lambs This ain't the Blair Witch Project It's living in the flesh A V-I-C-E flow, a.k.a. Faces of Death With my mask I trick and cheat Spooks and freaks all over your It's killing when I'm on the scene Just came here to party, I was born on Halloween I do the unexpected, Michael Myers in your area Plug up a mic and wreck it, to some ain't nothing scarier Causing much hysteria, among other MCs The swag is steady, testing them, I'm causing them to freeze Cutting them like Jason, I stay on the attack Like Ozzy did when he bit that head off of a bat They start to see illusions, buckle under stress Scream from confusion, hearts beating in the chest They say the ice is killing us, the cops make no arrest They say nobody's killing us, the ice has got to possess His music is so dangerous, his flow is homicidal He might be an American, no artificial idol He kills them in the club, you know it's murder for survival Yet the people give him love like a Halloween revival With my I trick and cheat Spooks and freaks all over your street And discombobulated in the back of a brothel Just before it got raided I didn't open up my eyes until the eve of Halloween Some stuff they've never seen, mad I howled and screamed I bit somebody's finger off They threw me in a dumpster Underneath the cover packs of trash A little monster Raised in the alleys Eating possums and rats Yet every Halloween I seen I could completely relax I could walk the streets freely Wielding a machete Leave a body on the lawn Cut open, bleeding out spaghetti Nobody knows about me And then I lurk up in the gutters It's wicked Every day for me It's a costume for these others We don't want your nerdy butters and suckers The ice and fine J Born on Halloween They can't touch us Sky trick and cheat, spooks and freaks all over your street. It's a night to make you scream. Don't be scared, it's Halloween. 
All right, that, of course, was Vanilla Ice singing Born on Halloween. You're hearing that right here on It's Time for Five. I'm Jameson, of course, and I'm joined by my friend Mike, who is the host of the podcast, Sweep the Leg. We are talking about our top five favorite horror movie icons, if you're just joining us. And we are at our number four selection. So, Mike, I'm going to let you go ahead. Who do you have at number four? Okay, so this is the most difficult one on my list, believe it or not. Uh, the first two, piece of cake. But this is where it became hard for me because I had to look at the movies and not the character. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it'll be Jason in this category. Right. Uh, Jason was always higher in my list. However, um, the next person... I care about those characters and the movies are more solid for me. Uh, I, Jason is probably the most iconic icon for a lot of people. But for me, in, in that whole series, it really, it just, I don't really care about anybody. The only person I care about is Jason. I really shouldn't sympathize with the serial killer. <laughs> right. Uh, th- there's one character, Tommy, which I love Corey Feldman. So, of course, uh, you know, part four. Uh, Jason Lives is a good time for me. Friday the 13th, the remake. I know this is blasphemy because I hate Rob Zombie's Halloween. I think it's the worst piece of crap in the face of the planet. Uh, and, and let's not even talk about H2, but I think the remake is the best of the whole entire series. I absolutely loved the 2009 remake of Friday the 13th. It was awesome. I loved the people in that movie. It paid homage to the rest of the series. And Jason was awesome in that movie. But uh, I don't know. Jason doesn't even show up till part two. He doesn't get his mask till three. And then I don't know. I I, I have issues. I, I definitely dig the character. I can't wait to play his video game. But it's just in the movies and the stories and the characters I don't ever care about. So it kind of puts a hamper on. <laughs> That's a great point because, I mean, that is kind of the eternal struggle is, first off, rooting for a serial killer, uh, rooting for the bad guy. As you, I mean, you inevitably kind of vacillate back and forth between rooting for him and, and hoping that the kids get away from him in whatever franchise you're watching. Um, and I mean, that hockey mask is possibly the most iconic look. I mean, it's, it's, it's right up there for your horror movie icons. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of bad movies. <laughs> Jason. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I kind of struggled with where I was going to place him as well. I uh, I watched the marathon yesterday and I kind of shut it off because it was just <laughs> it gets yeah. rough. I mean, it, and you know the the 80s, the decade that we love so very much for movies, um, was kind of where this you you had your horror movies beforehand. But in the 80s, the slasher flick really became a thing, and the sequels became a thing. You know, where any modicum of success, you have to spring sequels off, and we're still feeling that today. But I mean. They it, it the slasher sequels of the eighties and nineties, you know, the the quality wasn't necessarily the biggest thing they were worried about. You know, how good is the script? We don't care. <laughs> how many the kill count became the thing, and that was I mean that was a phrase I'd never heard before, and all of a sudden kill count became a thing, and yeah, it's Wait, Jason is number one in kill count. So well, very very <laughs> good, said, like. Like 131 or something like that. a boy. Right, way to get it hey. done. All right. <laughs> Jason Voorhees, your number four selection. My number four. Um, it almost seems silly to think of this as one of my top top four scary movie icons. But it's it's a doll. But it's a possessed doll. And his name is Chucky. 
Hell yeah. I love, love, love Chucky. I remember Chucky coming out, the, the first <laughs> Child's Play coming out when I was a kid and watching it at a friend's house. Um, the babysitter let us watch it as uh, my mom and her friend went out. And uh, I remember being like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, who'd be afraid of a doll? And then finding myself terrified of this doll that you could not kill. And there's so many great things about Chucky. I love the wisecracking doll that, I mean, he he's not just stalking you like a Jason does. He's cracking wise. He's, he's you look at him, you go, oh, that can't be scary. That's why I love Brian and Chucky so much, man. He's it's, so funny in that movie. It's really good. Now, again... Uh, you have the Chucky movies, you have the Child's Play movies, and you have varying degrees of success with these movies. They they get rough in parts, and uh, some of the really recent sequels have been really bad, uh, in my opinion. The Curse of Chucky? Yeah. That's not good. Seed of Chucky's worse. Though. Oh, yes. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yes. I yes. blocked that one out. But, I mean... If you're talking about, you really have to write it well and make it look good and use the right effects to make a little my buddy looking doll terrifying. And they pulled it off really well. And the effects of that doll running down the hallway and chasing you worked really well in the 80s. It was, I'm surprised by how well those practical effects really paid off. And they still hold up. And we've talked about my buddy all the time on STL. So, yeah, it's... uh, (laughs) Chucky's fantastic. He is. And so, does Chucky have a last name? He's just Chucky, right? Uh, It's uh, Charles Lee Ray. Oh, that's right. Well, that's the the killer that possesses him. Correct. Uh, Now I want to go watch some Child's Play. I haven't just talked about it. It'll be on this afternoon. Hey, how fortuitous. Uh, (laughs) Part one. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So Chucky from Child's Play is my number four selection. Uh, Having said all that, let's go to our next musical break. Uh, The next song I have for you is uh, a fun little rockabilly song that I enjoy from Jackie Morningstar. It's a song called Rockin' in the Graveyard. Uh, You may have heard of it. It's it's usually on those monster mash compilations and such. It's it's a lot of fun. So uh, let's listen to Jackie Morningstar and Rockin' in the Graveyard right here on 103.5 Now you've heard of the purple people eater And they sing of the witch doctor too I guess these songs have sold a million copies well, I got one to sell a million, too. <laughs> well, I was out in the graveyard about 12 o'clock. Something hit me, it felt like a rock. I thought it was an owl flying around in the run, but it's just an old ghost digging holes in the ground. He said, it's
Morningstar with Rockin' in the Graveyard. You're listening to that right here on It's Time for Five. We are counting down our top five favorite horror movie icons, and we're already at our number three selections. Mike, what do you have as number three? Uh, Chucky. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, this is what flip-flopped, because it was Jason at number three, because I grew up with Jason and all this and that, but then uh, the Child's Play movies and the Chucky movies are so much more solid for me. Uh, there's characters I care about. I care about Andy in the first three movies. And then, of course, uh, you know, I like to say we have part one and part two. So part one, we have the Child's Play movies, which still hold up, still scary. Yes. Uh, they're fantastic. Um the first movie is just so great and I definitely care about Andy. He's the second best kid actor in horror movies for me. And then when we get to bride of Chucky, which a lot of people hate, I absolutely love it's my wife and I, it's one of our first movies we ever watched together. And we have such amazing times watching that movie. It's and a lot of fun. Up. I love it when the gay guy gets hit by the truck and explodes. It's hilarious. Uh, she always gets, she punches me every time I laugh. Because that's her favorite character in the movie. So it's kind of funny. But I love Tiffany and just the jokes that is said in the movie. But, of course, that's when it went downhill. Uh, We had Seed of Chucky, which was terrible. I've seen it twice in my life, and I won't watch it again. Curse of Chucky is good until you get to the ending. You get three crappy endings. So, um, yeah. But those movies are, are way more solid for me than the Friday 13th movies are. Yeah. And that's what changed my vote for me. So. That's that's a good point. Yeah, the, the, at their worst, those Friday 13th movies are unwatchable. Yeah. When you get to the really bad ones. It's like, no, why am I? No, I don't need to do this to myself. And yeah. outside of Seed of Chucky, I think that the, the Child's Play and Chucky movies are still worth the watch. Um, yes. Seed of Chucky, man. So are they... Uh, have I been reading that they're working on another Chucky movie, another Child's Play movie? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chucky Seven, which Don Mancini would be writing and directing it. Uh, as long as Glenn isn't in the movie, I'm all for it. <laughs> what you, what's wrong with Glenn? Uh, Glenn's from Seed. He's terrible. I I, uh, I hate I hate Glenn. <laughs> Two thumbs down for Glenn. Two thumbs. Yeah. Seed of Chucky. Uh, God, that's like a, that's an F. So I remember uh, watching that movie, and uh, and then you reviewed it. I want to say Curse. I reviewed Curse. That yeah. was Curse. That's right. Because I remember uh, <laughs> I remember watching that, uh, and then listening to your uh, podcast as you were reviewing it, and I remember vividly standing in my yard, raking my leaves, had the headphones on, listening to it, and cracking up as you got into the end of that movie. And, uh, <laughs> it was. 
it was worth it was worth you watching. It's you know it's 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 a lot of fun to listen to somebody watch watch a bad movie and discuss it. It's well, the time. thing is, is I'm all about positivity, so I always look for the good in movies. I'm yes, I'm not do. as critical as most people, so I always try to find the good in everything. The only movies I absolutely hate in my in my life are Rob Zombie's Halloween one and two and the Puppet Master movies. If you want to hear me rip on a movie, <laughs> download the Puppet Master episode, which was part of that seat of Chuck because I. It, I had just spent 20 minutes tearing that movie to shreds, which I had never done on a podcast before, and then tried to find the the good stuff because people had been ripping on uh, Curse of Chucky. So I was trying to find the, the stuff I really enjoyed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Puppet Master put me in a very bad mood. <laughs> As it will. There is no reason for there to be like six Puppet Master movies. They're unwatchable. There is no reason for that. Just that, just a little foreshadowing. You are not going to find Puppet Master on my list. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Spoiler alert. If you're holding your breath, I go wonder if he has him at number two. Guess what? I don't. <laughs> oh, God. oh, man. So, okay. So my number three selection um, is a guy who's kind of moved up and down my list. And I've been... Um, trying to separate the man from the movie for me, kind of like you said with Jason. I Kind of trying to do that with a lot of these characters is kind of difficult. Um, the movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. The man... Michael Myers. Is, is <laughs> super, the man is super creepy in a really, really weird way. And the best thing about him is he is the, kind of the precursor to a lot of these characters. I'm talking about Norman Bates from Psycho. Ooh! wow, you just threw me for a loop. I thought you were talking about Halloween. No, sir. Good times. Norman Bates from Psycho is played by Anthony Perkins. Um, You know, the the Hitchcock classic. And Norman Bates is, he's got that sweet, genteel side to him in the first half of the movie. And you start to see glimmers of this darkness kind of bubbling beneath him. And Anthony Perkins portrays it so great. His eyes, you see this this darkness starting to form in his eyes and and then the twist comes and you see that he is deranged and taking on the split personality of his deceased mother and becomes the psycho killer that so many psycho killers today are based on and he's terrifying he's not physically imposing he's not out there hulking around with a knife chasing down teenagers who are making out in cars he lets he's like he he's like the the spider who is waiting for you to come into his trap, mm-hmm. and then he takes care of business as he does. He's very methodical about what he's supposed to do. He's tortured about how he's doing it and why he's doing it, and he's messed up in the head. And I just I love Norman Bates, and like I say, I mean we get Hannibal Lecter because of Norman Bates. We get a lot of different of these psychological killers because of Norman Bates. And he's super creepy. And then if you watch um, the uh, the series uh, Bates Motel, where you have the young Norman Bates and his mom living in the hotel, and you start to see why he became that way. And and knowing the end result, sometimes it doesn't work if you know what the end result is. I'm looking at the Star Wars prequels specifically. <laughs> but uh, this one, it works. In Bates Motel, it really works because you get to watch the cause and effect of a psycho killer being born. And uh, I love some Norman Bates, man. I love some Psycho. It's it's great. And even the Psycho, the Psycho sequels. Oh, that's a rough one to say. Psycho sequels. Um, Very good. Yeah, thank you. Even <laughs> those, I mean, they do diminish in quality, obviously. And some of them were made for TV. 
but the Psycho Two is not a bad movie. There are there are a lot of good moments in that. It starts to fall apart a little more, especially as Anthony Perkins gets older and the quality of the just the quality and the budget going into him got less and less. But uh, Psycho Two is worth a watch as well. Um, you, then you can just shut her off after that. But yeah, but Jameson, it's in black and white. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Having said that, don't waste your time with the uh, Van Zant uh, shot-for-shot remake of Cycle. The Vince Vaughn Norman Bates they, does nothing change, for you. Yeah, and they changed the ending. Yeah, which is stupid. <laughs> it was a horrible idea that paid off horribly. But wow, well, excellent pick. I had no idea that would be on your list. You you threw me for a loop there. Good one. So I like it. All right, very good. Good job. So having said all that, let's take our next musical break. And uh, I think I uh, I think I might have used the phrase psycho killer while I was talking about him. And so doing so, I'm going to play a song for one of my favorite groups, the Talking Heads. The song is Psycho Killer. You're hearing that right here on It's Time for Five. Run, run, run. 
right, that was Talking Heads with Psycho Killer. You're hearing that because we are talking about our top five horror movie icons. If you're just joining us, the we I'm referring to, I'm Jameson, and I'm joined by my friend Mike Masunas. He is the host of the Sweep the Leg podcast. And uh, like I say, we're talking about horror movie icons. We're already at our number two selection, sir. I know, man. Are you ready for this? Do you, do you know what you got at number two? Oh, oh yeah, easily. Easily. Right, let's hear it. Good time. Freddy Krueger, obviously. Uh, uh, I've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, so the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, uh, really, uh, Wes Craven two times did this. Uh, reinvigorated horror. Uh, after Halloween was released and we got Friday the 13th and everybody started making a horror movie for $10 and making a million dollars <laughs> off of it. Uh, horror went down, it went down the drain, kind of like you and I talk about superhero bubble. When is it going to break? Yes. Obviously not anytime soon. Horror movies do the same thing. They become huge and then the bubble breaks and nobody gives a crap about them anymore. So nightmare on Elm street came out and reinvigorated horror. And then, uh, horror went down the drain and then he made screams. So Wes Craven two times in the horror franchise has reinvigorated it. So Freddy Krueger, obviously very scary dude after, uh, three uh, he became a jokester. Uh, you, you know, I always like to say the best of the Nightmare on Elm Street is the trilogy one, three, and seven. That would be the Nancy Thompson trilogy. One, yeah. three, Dream Warriors, which Dream Warriors is my favorite of the franchise just because it's the perfect Freddy. Great music, great actors. Patricia Arquette, second greatest scream queen there is with her scream. It's awesome. And then you have Wes Craven's new nightmare, which is scary as hell. I pissed my pants in the theater. Uh, when he came out of the closet, I threw my I threw my popcorn in the air and I pissed my pants. So that's a true story, folks. Uh, yeah. Uh, and all these movies are solid, even the crappy ones, which would be four, uh, five because part four is an MTV movie. Five, the dream child. Freddie looks terrible. Makeup falling off his face, even yeah. though that movie's, even though that movie's crappy. It's still way more better than the, you know, than all the other movies we've kind of talked about. And uh, Freddy's dead. I wanted to see that in 3D, but, you know, that, that didn't happen. And then, of course, uh, New Nightmare kind of ends things off. Great way to end the series. So it's it's a very solid series. Part two, though, is the worst, the absolute worst of the series. I don't know how they ever made a sequel because part two <laughs> was so terrible. So uh, watch one, watch three, watch four, and then watch uh, New Nightmare, and, they're, and you're sold. You're, you're solid there. So don't it's ever funny. watch two. It's funny because throughout the 80s, that was kind of, there were two um, kind of battles, at least in my mind when I was a kid, of who you got. There was the uh, Stallone Schwarzenegger, which yep. one's your favorite? Because they made, you know, you're making similar movies in the same genre and you're the two top names going back and forth between them. And then it was Freddie Jason. You know, there was like, who you got, Freddie or Jason? Because they right. made similar movies and similarly um, good and terrible sequels. And it felt like, you say, how did they make one a sequel after two? It felt like they, it was a competition. It was like an arms race between the Freddie and Jason franchises. Like, well, we can't stop and let them win. We just got to keep making them. Yeah, I mean, when you have a child molester yeah. become a, become a doll, and kids are and kids are dressing up, it's kind of scary when you think it about is. it because because it's in the remake, which is terrible. Uh, they they definitely go into the child molester part. Yeah, they really hammer that part home. They don't yeah. let you forget that. But but if you think about it, I mean, as I he if you think of iconic, Freddie's the first person that pops in your mind because he's got the gloves and yeah. the, 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 just the music, the glove and the sweater. But when you when you really break down the character, 
do you really want your kids dressing up as a child molesting killer? It's kind of yeah, demented. It really is. But it makes one hell of a scary movie. So. And, you know, I, I really enjoy Freddy because I enjoy a good psychological uh, scare. And, the you know, the fact that, you know, you can't – how do you escape somebody who comes in through your dreams? How do you escape that? And I, I like – that's why I love the first one so much because that premise is like, it's like – yeah, no, it's impossible. There's nothing you can do. And I enjoy the this snarky Freddy. It's when it's when Freddy becomes really slapsticky and it becomes comedies with scares in them is yeah. when I started to really lose interest in Freddy. It starts with four because yeah. three is very a few jokes, but he's still very scary. Three is the best. It's yeah. the perfect balance. Four is the MTV movie, I like to say, de- uh, directed by Rennie Harlan, who would do Die Hard 2. So it, it was very MTV if you watched that. Dream Master. Yep. So, uh, but, yeah. Excellent choice. That was your number two? Yes, it was, Holy sir. cow. Freddy Krueger, number two. All right, my number two is uh, roughly, basically, one that you talked about earlier. Uh, and it kind of bounced back and forth between two and one for me. Um, and that is... The sharks from Jaws. The shark from Jaws. Bruce. Great. Great and, and as a wider range, just sharks in movies. Because of Jaws, I I have this affinity towards shark movies, good or bad. Yes. I will excuse bad shark movies. I will I will love a deep blue sea. I will love you know any of these. And I love the shallows. I think that you're spot on. It's a really, really well done shark movie. Um but Jaws specifically, man, I mean, I watch it every year. You want to talk about weird traditions? I watch Jaws on Christmas Eve while I'm wrapping <laughs> presents. I don't know why. Because he brings Christmas spirit. <laughs> I don't know why, but Christmas Eve is Die Hard and Jaws. Because I wrap my presents the last moment, the last minute. And I sit there and I'll watch Jaws at 2 in the morning and wrap presents. I don't know why it is. But I love the movie. It still holds up to this day. The cheesy effects that should not work. Um, are amazing. The fact that you don't see the shark is incredible. I like, I like these psychological killers. And it's easy to say, well, just don't go in the water, and then you don't have to worry about it. It's not like he's stalking you, but it's it's the way it's done and how ferocious Jaws is. And I mean, it scared generations of people. Mm-hmm. That's why these following shark movies they work. Why people go see these things because, like, well, I mean, Jaws scared the crap out of me. So yeah. he's a perfect killing machine. The simpler, the better, as I like to say in yeah. horror. The the less the less is more. Uh, my favorite shot in Jaws is the side view of him coming to eat the guy's leg. is is my favorite shot in the whole film. It it still gives me the willies when I look at that picture. Uh, yeah, um, there's there's so many. I mean, even just the one of the, my favorite sequences is when they're firing the barrels at it, and it, they got them tied to these barrels, and you're not really seeing the shark a whole lot, and. And just the fact that this massive thing is able to pull these barrels underboard, and you see the reactions of the guys who should know better. You know, of Richard Dreyfuss and Robert Shaw, like, oh, that shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. It should not be able to pull those underboard, <laughs> underwater. And you're like, what's going on? And you're almost, I mean, in my opinion, you're almost in the, in, in the persona of Chief Brody, of the guy who's like, I'm not quite sure what's going on out here, but these guys are freaked out, so I'm freaked out now. Right, and exactly. Yeah, I, man, the shark from Jaws is great. And just sharks in general, I'm all on board with them as, uh, as the, the killers that you can't escape. Now, when they start raining sharks down on you, 
you know, I'm a sucker for shark movies and werewolf movies, and neither one of them produced good ones anymore. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, there's two good werewolf movies and 500 bad ones, and there there's are. like two good shark movies and 500 bad ones. You know, so. Yeah, but that's that's uh, that's my number two selection. Excellent choice. Yes. Yeah, so okay, let's let's head out to our final music break here. And since you were just talking about your number two selection was Freddy Krueger, of course, you can't talk about horror icons without playing the old standard from Will Smith called "A Nightmare on My Street." I remember when this came out, man. I wore this thing out. I searched for this song for 13 years and never knew it was Will Smith until I got with my really? wife. I swear to God. And when she put on the greatest hits and this song hit, I screamed in the car. I said, where did you get? I'm like, no way. This is Will Smith. Yeah. I had no idea Will Smith ever sang this song. Ever. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that is tremendous. Yes. All right. So let's take a listen to, to the aforementioned Will Smith singing the nightmare on my street. You're hearing that right here on It's Time for Five. Neck 
And that was proof that there had been a nightmare on my street. Smith with a nightmare on my street. You're hearing that right here on 103.5. We are talking about our top five favorite horror movie icons, and we have reached the point where we are all we have left is our number one selections. But before we get into those, of course, we have honorable mentions. It is hard enough to pare the list down to five. Let's uh let's throw some other ones out there. Mike, what do you have as honorable mentions? Uh Sam from Trick or Treat. Ooh, uh, fantastic movie i'm watching that this weekend um leatherface terrible movies but he's kind of cool um and then of course ghostface from the scream movies those are solid movies Uh, we talked about scream on stl so we spent a lot of time uh dissecting horror movies so if you want to hear more talk on this listen to our scream episode we went hardcore into horror uh, especially talking about what's good about horror and what sucks about horror these days. <laughs> so I highly recommend you check that out. Yes. The uh, Alien, uh, nope. you know, Queen Alien. And nope. then uh, The Creeper from uh, Jeepers Creepers. That guy's scary as hell. So. Oh, that's a good one. Very nice. Yep. Um, okay, yeah, I have a couple of those as well. I have Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So he's always a terrifying good time. Um, I've got Jason Voorhees, who you talked about earlier. He's a great time. Um, I had the Queen Alien as well. So I'm stealing all mine. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, anytime the Wolfman is involved, one of the one of my favorite things is old Universal monster movies. And I was always a Wolfman guy, and I, I, I never got into Dracula. Right. Uh, the Wolfman was always my guy, and always variations the of the werewolves and that that whole thing. I I really enjoy those. Like you say, it's it's hard to find really good ones. 
Yeah, silver bullet, baby. That's that's about it. <laughs> um, I wrote down a couple other names that I was curious to see if you would if you would bring up, and uh, because they're part of huge horror franchises, whether you like them or not. Um, first one is Pinhead. How do you feel about Pinhead from the Hellraiser franchise? Uh, Iconic look to him, right? Iconic look to him. I watched one movie. I never watched the rest. I, I had no interest. Yeah, I have no interest as well. I, ne- I could never get into the Hellraiser franchise. Uh, and the other one is Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. I could care less. I I don't like torture porn. So I, I agree. I agree. It's I mean, having the doll as your uh, surrogate uh, bad guy in the movie is is interesting. Uh, but I lost interest in that franchise pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, all right. So those are honorable mentions, sir. But we have our number ones to talk about. Yes. I think I might know who yours is. Yes. I mean, it is no secret. Um, my favorite horror movie of all time is John Carpenter's Halloween 1978. Um, my, it's also my third favorite movie in the history of film. So uh, it is, It is. A, to me, it's a perfect movie. Wait, no, wait. Uh, I, actually, I don't want to. You said your number one earlier. You say your number three. I have to know what the number two is. Uh, the Heavenly Kid. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Jason Jason Gedrick. So uh, I reviewed that movie twice. So good times. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, John Carpenter's Halloween, Michael Myers. Um, you know, Michael Myers, If I absolutely love the Halloween franchise, as good or as bad as you want to call it. Uh, you know, there's the Laurie Strode trilogy, which would be 1, 2, and H2O. Uh, but I absolutely love, even though the mask is atrocious in Halloween 4, that is a fantastic sequel. Oh, it's it's arguably the second best sequel. As much as I love Halloween two, Halloween four has uh, has Daniel Harris, who is the greatest kid actor in horror movies, and I arguably would say in movies at the time. And uh, she was. It's a great, great movie. Great. It, it really plays off the first one very well. But. Michael Myers, you know, the mask is, is obviously iconic. The great thing with Michael Myers is he's not dead like everybody else. Essentially, Michael Myers is the devil incarnate. Right. He's, the, he's the ultimate evil. Killed, you know, he's a little kid, killed his sister, and then he became the devil. He's, you know, black eyes. You got Donald Pleasance just talking about the ultimate evil. And that's what makes him so scary. Of course, later on, it gets convoluted and they try to explain the evilness. I always say simple is better. The first two movies, he's simply the devil and he dies at the end of part two. But then when you when John Carpenter wanted to make future movies, one one Halloween movie every year, that would be awesome. But people wanted Michael Myers back. So number four, I absolutely love that movie, even though the mask is atrocious and it gets pretty bad. But the thing is, I love the characters in these movies. I love Laurie Strode. I love Jamie. I love Tommy. I There's so many characters I care about. And the thing is, even the worst movies like Halloween five, there's still characters that you kind of root to die. And there's other ones you still like. You still have likable characters in there. You got the sheriff, all that good stuff. Uh, and then, of course, um, the movies end at H2O. Uh, Halloween Resurrection doesn't exist, uh, even though the mask is really cool in that movie. And then Rob Zombie, he's not a filmmaker. He's a pornographer. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely hate uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. The only thing he got right was the mask. Um, but Halloween is, you know, I can watch that every single day. It, it's just so great. But I don't I only watch it in October. <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's there's one flaw in that movie. It's a time flaw of how he got his mask. He got it super early in the movie, but they don't address it till 30 minutes into the movie. It's the only flaw in the movie. But I rewatched uh, just this past week. I rewatched uh, Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers. 
<laughs> with uh, I had forgotten that Paul Rudd was the kid in that movie. Yeah, his first movie. Yeah, I had forgotten that I'm watching like, hey, look at Paul Rudd. And oh, man, why did I you remember that one? I remembered enjoy. I don't know. I just kind of picked it and like, yeah, I'm gonna watch this one. I think it's because it's probably the one that I didn't remember out of all the movies. You know, I can I can picture the other ones, and this one's like, I don't even remember what happens in that one. Put it on and watching it going. Yeah, this isn't this this is this is there's a reason I don't remember this movie very well. Yeah. Don't watch the producer's cut. Michael rapes his niece and it gets real dumb. Good and, lord. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't watch the producer's cut. It's even worse. Uh, that's a guilty pleasure for me. As you say on Movie Mojo Monthly, uh, guilty pleasures, you can't be judged. So right. Halloween five and six are my guilty pleasures because I still love Michael Myers and I still love the characters in the movies, even though I know the movies are utterly bad. Sure. Uh they're still they're still ten times better than any Friday thirteenth movie for me. So I love it. Excellent choice. Michael yeah, man. Myers. All right, my number one. Any guess on what my number one might be? Uh if if it's not how if it's not Michael Myers, they're gonna be really pissed at you for a long time. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just get it. It's probably Freddie. I think it's Freddie, actually. It's Freddie. All right. Yeah. So my number one uh is a guy that you uh you were talking about a little while ago. Um and a series of movies that I think is the, some of the strongest in the horror genre. And that man's name is Michael Myers. Oh, yes. I love you again. <laughs> Michael yes. Myers. Michael Myers is so great. You can boil him down to just being the stalking brute who just chases people down like a Jason. That's kind of one of my complaints with Jason is he is just kind of the stalking brute. But Michael Myers is more than that. And yep. there is a psychological side to him. And I think the one of the things that serves his character best is Dr. Loomis. I love Donald Pleasance's Dr. Loomis. Yep. And he's almost like the he's almost like the 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 voice box for Michael Myers explaining the psychology behind him and explaining why he does the best he can, explaining why he does what he does. Now, Dr. Loomis is a terrible doctor. He's failed horribly. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but Donald but, Pleasance I mean, he's so yeah, good. Donald Pleasance and the music are what make that movie, you know? The music it's... is phenomenal. I mean, it, it is great. And Michael Myers is just, I mean, I, I, he's the look, the bleak look of that mask where you could have gone with so many other things, but to take, I mean, of course, everyone knows it's the, the Shatner mask um, and just that bleak face and dead eyes behind it. And you don't know what's going on in his head, if anything. Yeah, my favorite shot in all of movies is the uh, is when he comes out of the shadows before he stabs Laurie Strode when sure. she sees everybody and he just slowly comes out of yes. that and, and just the way it lights up on his face. The set, this, but it's really hard to argue against the one where Tommy's looking across the street and there's that yeah. perfect shot. I mean, that is under the street cin- light cinematography genius right there. You know, it is. so good, dude. Excellent. And so, uh, yeah, I just I love. I love Michael Myers. I will watch Halloween anytime you want. Um, just a, a perfect horror movie, like you say, a perfect horror movie. Exactly. So Michael Myers, we have a tie. That's kind of one of the things we look for in the show, uh, especially when Logan and I are doing it, because there's a generation gap. We kind of see if where uh, where we might match up on things. We got a direct tie at number one. That's pretty crazy. I think you're only a year older than me, so I was hoping we were gonna have the same one. It's not quite the generation gap that I'm used to, but uh, <laughs> it's all good. So those are though. That's our list. That's our top five most iconic favorite horror movie icons. Um, a lot of fun, man. I, oh, I really man. appreciate you coming on. 
I, I thank you for asking me, dude. It was it was an honor, man. Uh, me and you have been trying to get together for a long time, and uh, I'm glad we were able to do this, uh, especially on this topic. You know, something you said Logan probably wouldn't want to do. Yeah, no, he's and, got no frame of reference for this. Yeah, and horror movies are are my thing. So, um, Absolutely. And, and and they're not yours. That's another thing people should know is that you <laughs> no. are not a horror person. They have so to be good. It, if if there's a horror movie that Jameson likes, you know it's good. So people need to pay attention. If there's a horror movie and you actually say it's worth watching, that means something because you absolutely hate horror movies, especially nowadays. Ugh. So it's so uh, hard to find good ones. That's why yeah. I, when when It Follows came out last year, I was like, I like this. Yeah. This is good. And uh, what is it? Don't breathe. Is Don't another breathe one is pretty good. Don't breathe is pretty yeah. good. Um, a one one that I uh, hush. Hush is a horror movie that came out this year that I absolutely love. Awesome. Good well time. worth checking out. So, And uh, if you want to find any, any more about uh, horror movies and other movies I might recommend, of course, uh, you can watch and listen to Real Reviews, the movie review show that uh, is sweeping the nation. It's playing right here on the radio. If you can't watch it on your television, no excuse. And... <laughs> And if you want to take the station with you anywhere you want, you can't, maybe you're out of range or you have to leave the radio, you can take us anywhere with you. Uh, download the 1035 The Sun app on Apple and Android devices. You can listen to the station at all times. There's on demand features where you can listen to back episodes of shows. It's well worth your time. And uh, that way you can take us with you on the go. Um, Mike, one more time, let the people know what is the name of your podcast in case they want to check it out. Uh, sweep delay podcast, uh, yep. found on iTunes, obviously, uh, STL nation is what we're all called, but we're a small group, but we're a strong, loyal family. It's all good. Jameson's part of that. And, uh, it, it's been a fun ride and, uh, I'm in chapter two of my life with the show. Um, I, I did actually retire for real, uh, but you know, life got much better and, um, you know, I had a new vision and, uh, a new willingness to come back to the show and it was pretty awesome. And, and I'm happy, uh, I'm back and I'm happy to be doing it again. I'm happy to be talking to you. So mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's awesome. I lost a lot of listeners though. That happens uh, what, when you leave. What, I know, right? What do you expect? So at least the ones I have are the hardcore ones. Well, maybe you'll gain some new ones from here. So if you're listening to this, uh, you like what you hear, go check out, download, and subscribe to the Sweep the Leg podcast on iTunes. Uh, before we go, we got to, of course, thank uh, Jim Morrison and the Doors for use of the theme song, 5 to 1. We do appreciate that. Uh, until next week, I think Logan's going to be back next week in the studio. That's going to be a lot of fun. But until that time, my name is Jameson. Um, Miss Sunis. There you go. <laughs> Reminding <laughs> you, it's time for five. <laughs> <laughs>